Everyone is ready for Davis Mills to take over as the Houston Texans starting quarterback in 2022. Everyone except for Nick Casario. Welcome to the latest installment of Locked On Texans. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all major platforms, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm John Hickman, and I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. Davis Mills, will he be the quarterback for the 2022 (laughs) season? A very important discussion to have as we continue to look and dive into Nick Casario's press conference from Friday, but first... It's a couple of things that we need to look at. And whether it'll be Davis Mills, whether the conspiracy of (laughs) if the son will come back or whoever will be behind center, they will not have to deal with the inconsistencies of Tim Kelly. That's a very important discussion for us to have. And so Cody, you know, he texts me, what we're going to talk about for today. Tim Kelly, we already mentioned it and alluded from it, alluded to it from yesterday's show. And so let's dive right into it. Tim Kelly, one thing about Tim Kelly, you guys, as we all know, is there has never been a consistent path to calling plays for Tim Kelly. Now, there was a time where we looked at Tim Kelly and there was a confliction between whether or not it was Bill O'Brien or Tim Kelly. And then it was Tim Kelly. And then Bill O'Brien took over. But then it was Tim Kelly again for the past season and a half. And for the past three years, starting back in 2019, the Texas offense ranked 14th, 18th, and now this year, 30th in the NFL. Three consecutive years of down-spiraling offenses, very underwhelming underwhelming offenses to say the least. And now we have to kind of sing our praise and joy that he's no longer (laughs) going to be here in town, no longer going to call the obvious – running play on a first and 10, you know, or the little wrinkle that he threw in on a consistent basis with that RPO that became very predictable. He's gone. Houston will have to look for a new OC to fill his shoes. But, Cody, what do you feel about moving on from Tim Kelly? Other than, of course, singing praises (laughs) that he's out the door. Hey, look, John, listeners and viewers, when I take a look at Tim Kelly, I do believe that, look, we can go back and forth and debate whether or not David Kelly got the short end of the stick. I'm pretty sure throughout all of the offseason movements on who Nick Casario selects in the draft, who Nick Casario is going to hire as the head coach, who is Nick Casario going to trade and get assets back and sign this player in free agency. There's going to be a lot of debate going on throughout this whole entire offseason. But I think there's one thing I think the majority, if not all of Houston Texans fans and reporters are happy for, and that's the fact that Tim Kelly is no longer the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And, John, you just alluded to to it. To me, at least, it seems like 
Tim Kelly was a little bit inconsistent with his play calling, and I think that is where he made his detriment as the offensive coordinator for this organization. You just mentioned prior to the 2021 season, in 2020 and in 2019, this was an offense led by Tim Kelly, apparently led by Tim Kelly, especially during the 2019 season, where they ranked 14th and 18th. That is middle of the pack, and I think that is a very bad job that that Tim Kelly did because your quarterback was Deshaun Watson. When you take a look at his contemporaries, when you take a look at the guys that Deshaun Watson is battling for for the title of best quarterback in the league, you take a look at the Russell Wilson, the Patrick Mahomes, the um the the the, the Lamar Jacksons. Every single one of those guys have their team in the top 10 and as Patrick Mahone case top five or sitting at the top of the offense in the NFL here is Deshaun Watson middle of the pack that is showing how much Tim Kelly was a detriment to his game of course we saw this year you take Deshaun Watson out and of course this offense took a took a significant decline but John I'm starting to wonder how much uh, of the Texans' inability to put points on the board was either A, given the lack of talent that they had on the offensive side of the ball, or B, was it because Tim Kelly had too much power as the offensive coordinator? Because it's, it's very strange to me every time we came on this show and we talk about the, the the explosive offensive performances the Texans had throughout the 2021 season. It always followed by David Cully talk, talked about how him and Tim Kelly just let his guys go out there and play. You take a look at the game against the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams where they put up 22 points. In both of those games, they literally let their guys go out there and play. In the win against the Jacksonville Jaguars when they scored 30 points, I believe that was not the first game, but the second game, which was what, week 13, week 14, somewhere along those lines. That was another game where Tim Kelly let his guys go out there and play. In the game against the Los Angeles Chargers where they scored 41 points, another game where Tim Kelly allowed his guys to go out there and play. And then in the second half of the season finale against the Tennessee Titans, this was a team that scored 25 points in the second half. And once again, Tim Kelly took a step back and allowed his guys to just go out there and play. And when I take a look at this team and when I take a look at the makeup makeup, we saw what Davis Mills was able to do. And every time he had one of his best games, once again, it was when Tim Kelly let Davis Mills go out there and air it out. To me, I think Tim Kelly is sort of in a mixture of not realizing his full potential because as much as you and I bashed Tim Kelly here on Locked On Texans, there were moments where we actually gave him praise. Yeah, like he had some great plays. Like we saw the potential that is there. And I don't know if it's because he came from the Bill O'Brien coaching tree or whatever the case might be. But Tim Kelly has potential that he has to unlock because the way he is able to draw plays, especially the, the, the several flea flickers that we saw throughout the season, that is something Tim Kelly should have been doing 
during his entire stay here as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, especially when he had Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. But it's just so frustrating because we know what a guy like Deshaun Watson is capable of. We know, or at least we're starting to get a sense of what a guy like Davis Mills is capable of when you let him go out there and air it out. We know the type of offensive schemes that Tim Kelly can actually drop and play, but it's so frustrating because... John, what you just alluded to, the predictable <laughs> first and 10, you're going to give it to your running back, which, by the way, the last two years, the run game was non-existent. Absolutely, and I think that's very important to look at. Look, when we look at the 2019 season and how it ended, that was the best year under Tim Kelly as an offensive coordinator. The Houston Texans ran the ball very efficiently, 125 yards per game. Now we look at the 2020 year when we go back and that's the first step of the decline. Well, the Houston Texans were not a very good running team as they only averaged 91 yards per game. And then we know how atrocious they were running the ball this year. So let's be fair about the situation when judging Tim Kelly, there was a steady decline in running ability. And I think that hurt the ability of the offense because Tim Kelly's and Bill O'Brien's offense was all predicated around being able to establish the run. Case in point, when Rex Burkhead was able to finally have a big game for this running department, then we saw the offense be explosive, right? When we did not see Rex Burkhead or whoever was back there at running back have any part of a decent game, then everybody else struggled. The quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, and, you know, as a whole, the offense was a problem because they could not get things going on the ground. But I do think the main issue that I have with Tim Kelly, and I will look at whoever Houston brings in next to try to study their tendencies, the main issue that I had with Tim Kelly was complacency and not being able to adapt and adjust on the fly. That was an issue that, uh, not Tim Kelly, excuse me, Bill O'Brien had, and that kind of you know rubbed off on Tim Kelly. There were moments where this is not working. And I gave you guys the stats in that last game against the Titans where whenever they ran the ball between the tackles, it didn't work. Whenever they had an opportunity to run the ball outside or through the tackles, it was a little bit better in terms of production. Tim Kelly failed numerous of times of making adjustments and changes on the fly. And that is what hurt his, you know, overall the big picture for Tim Kelly being a successful offensive coordinator in Houston, not to mention your last year when your when your when your job is on the line, basically, Deshaun Watson just says, "Hey, you know what? I'm not playing for you guys no more." But online, I would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet online remains the number one spot for all of the sports betting wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Go ahead, sign up, and receive your 50 percent. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. 
Remember, we are free and available on all major platforms, including YouTube. Before we hop into the next discussion, Davis Mills and Nick Casario and how that relationship may turn out, forgot to mention this earlier on, but I definitely want to bring this to your attention. If you miss it, in case you miss it, the Houston Texans requested permission to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon for their head coaching job. Gannon has now been requested to interview for three head coaching positions, vacancies Mm. rather, the Texans, Broncos, and the Vikings. And we will discuss what that actually means for Houston to close out the show. But first, Davis Mills and and whether or not 2022 will be the year (laughs) that he's fully invested in, something that, you know, to be fair, he's been missing out on since high school Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in that press conference, as we mentioned on yesterday, Nick Casario was very noncommittal on that. That was one of the things that, you know, rubbed me the wrong way, Cody. I don't know how mm. you feel about it. Yeah, I I, I got to be real with you, John, and listeners and viewers. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way as well. N- not to the point where I'm, like, angry or something about what Nick Casario said, but it's a fact that I'm looking at this from three different ways. One, I'm like, Nick, you was the guy who took a chance on this young guy during the draft by making Davis Mills your first pick. And there was a lot of discussion on whether or not the Houston Texans should go after a quarterback, especially considering all the drama that's going on with Deshaun Watson, knowing at the time if you shipped him off nine times out of ten, you was going to bring back the opposing team's quarterback. You know, there was a lot of discussion going on. And then after we got Davis Mills, look, we remember how much doing training camp. We saw this man struggle a lot, and we came on this show. I don't think he got it, and we watched this guy just develop over the year to the point where we're sitting here saying, look, he might not be a franchise quarterback, but he's definitely a very reliable contingency plan given your quarterback situation. You know, we gave a lot of kudos to Nick Casario, and for him to kind of go back and say he doesn't know if he's going to be the starter for 2022. That was a little bit crazy, especially considering, and this is the the reason why it's a little bit more surprising to me, to say the least, Davis Mills was arguably the second best quarterback, if not the second best, no lower than the third best rookie quarterback of the 2021 season. Of course, you got to give a shout out to Mac Jones, who is probably going to take home the offense. Well, I don't know. He might Jamar take home Chase. offense. I was about to say, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, Chase might have might have might have had they that, you know, sealed Jamar up. Chase. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I, I caught myself. As soon as I said that, I thought about Chase. But, you know, Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback. But number two, it's basically a tie between Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills. And if I had to pick, I would give that nod to Davis Mills. But three, most importantly, I'm looking at this from a standpoint I'm wondering how much effort Nick Casario is going to use this offseason in hopes of improving his quarterback situation. And John, one, because Davis Mills has showed the promise, and two, because this is a Houston Texans team, I don't care if we're talking about the backfield, I don't care if we're talking about the offensive line, just anything within the secondary, there are so many more important holes for the Texans to to, to fix. I, I'm hoping that Nick Casario is not trying to use this offseason in hopes of improving his quarterback situation. And when I, when I take a look at Davis Mills, when I take a look at the Texans, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, Right now, Mills is the best quarterback for the Texans because 
look, unless it's Deshaun Watson coming back inside the door for 6'10 and Kirby, I don't see no other way Nick Casario is going to improve the, the quarterback situation. Because look, when you take a look at some of the top quarterbacks who could be on the move this offseason, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about Russell Wilson, you know so damn well they're not coming to Houston. I know there there's rumors that Derek Carr could be on the move, but I, I think as of right now, Carr is the better quarterback, but I think Carr has peaked in terms of a guy like Davis Mills. He has not come close to peaking in this league. And then you're looking at guys like a Sam Darnold or a Teddy Bridgewater. I think, it's, I think it's safe to say that Davis Mills might be the better quarterback out of those two. And John, I'm a little bit conflicted because yes, and I talked about this on yesterday, I like the fact that Nick Casario was a bit non-committal because he don't want to seal something that could change in the near future. However, when I take a look at Davis Mills and when I take a look at this quarterback situation, I'm like, this should should have been a moment where Casario, as the general manor, manager, should have backed Davis Mills as the certified Absolutely. starter for 2022. Like I said, unless he were some type of magic and you get Deshaun Watson back in the building, and I don't think that's that. I don't think that's going to happen. Can I mean, can Deshaun even come back? I mean, like, uh, yeah, he could come back. What? Let's like, come on now. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I'm just asking because that's you know that's been a thought, like whether or not he can come back. And I'm thinking maybe that will be just way too difficult to the way that you were out the door. Deshaun was out of the door. Right, yeah. I mean, he, he was on vacation. <laughs> uh, so I would, I would like to see if that's a possibility. How would that work out? Davis Mills, I don't know how much. Can you really invest in a quarterback that nickname Zuckerberg? Did you did you see that? <laughs> yeah, that Brevin Jordan, a nickname Davis. I was that what he said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zuckerberg. I don't. I, I wouldn't roll with a quarterback that got that nickname. But to be serious. I, I would 100% agree. I said a lot of that on yesterday, and, and I wanted to reiterate that this was the moment. And from now until you make a decision on whether or not he's going to be the starter or he's going to have a fair chance to compete for QB1 next season, you absolutely back this young man. The only upgrading to this quarterback room that I think Houston should do right now Going into year two of a year six rebuild, because mm-hmm. that is a that is the uh, term of that contract that Nick Casario signed, is upgrading the backup position. I personally do not want to see Tyrod Taylor return for the Houston Texans. No, as a backup, I would say yes. I, I think that they should go in the opposite direction. I think if if I want somebody as my backup, I have somebody that I know is going to be available and stable. That is something that has not mm-hmm. been consistent and has been absent for the last three years majority of the time but again davis mills has done enough for this franchise to say well we like that you're able to win in this area we like that you have some intangibles out of the last four games we like your poise we're going to build an offense around you that we think can win games again unless there's a clear-cut a candidate that you are going to bring back or bring in that you have to start him over Davis Mills. And right now, I think the only quarterback that that pertains to is Deshaun Watson. 
And John, really quick before moving on, I do want to give the quote that Nick Casario put out there when talking about Davis Mills. He said, when you look at the body of work and all the things that he was able to accomplish throughout his first season in the league, you can make the argument that he was just as good, if not better than all of the other rookie quarterbacks. But what does that mean for next season? It doesn't mean anything. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation. Find every deduction and get you the best tax options. Listen, get you some money back this year. Do that with TurboTax.com. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Before we get out of here, we have to circle back around the block, talk about the Houston Texans requesting permission to interview the Eagles defensive coordinator, uh Gannon and it does seem like Houston is going in a younger way and I do want to mention these numbers before we actually talk about them for Jonathan Gannon the Eagles defense were 10th in total defense 11th in passing defense and 9th in rushing defense he's also 39 years old I think that plays a big factor whether or not they go with Brian Flores, that's going to be remain to be seen until we actually see it name on a dotted line. But I will say there is a trend in the NFL where we look at the we look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor is a young coach. Sean McVay, a young coach. These younger coaches are getting these opportunities, and they are making the best out of every situation. And I mentioned on some shows ago, I can't remember exactly when, but the Texans are in a position where they can go two ways. They could bomb on the next coach, or we look up in a couple of years and they look like the Arizona Cardinals the year after they moved on from Steve Wilkes. He only got one year. A couple of years after that, they brought in their head coach and Cliff Kingsbury, and now they're in the playoffs, and before the injuries start piling in, they look like they were going to be the favorite in the NFC. So these younger coaches are getting these shots. Are we okay with that? I, I, I personally, if you if, listen, if you believe in this coach, if you're gonna let this younger coach do his thing unhinged, you're gonna have to live and die with it, right? But Rich Gannon got the uh, requested interview from the Texans, 39 years old. I honestly don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't have nothing against the Texans giving a young coach a, uh, an opportunity. I mean, like I mentioned on yesterday, as Nick Casario said on Friday, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers went out and got one of the youngest coaches in NFL history when, when they hired Mike Tomlin back in 2007. And look how that turned out. 15 years later, this man has not had a losing season and, you know, <laughs> a Super Bowl winning coach and, you know, you could make a case that he's one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. And I think that is the path that we are starting to see a lot of NFL teams do. However, on the flip side of that, 
part of the reason why I believe Nick Osirio wants to hire a younger coach is because he still wants say so in the X's and O's and what goes down there on the field. Because as I alluded to on yesterday, Nick Osirio said that it's going to be hard for him to let go his duty of being in the booth, calling plays or whatever the case might be. And John, I'm with you 100%. I don't care if it's a young coach. I don't care if it's Brian Flores. I didn't even give a damn if they kept David Cully. In order for Nick Osirio and the Texans to get this team in the right direction, he's going to have to learn how to loosen up his leash and let these coaches go out there and coach. Because if not, we're going to be in the same exact situation again next year. And like I asked Nick Casario, do you feel pressure in hiring this second coach? Because a lot of general managers do not get a third opportunity to hire a coach. And that's why I'm a little bit conflicted by it. But I don't have nothing against hiring a young coach. I mean, I, I am starting to think I would not be mad if they do hire Joe Lombardi. I mean, like I mentioned on yesterday, this is a guy who had the Los Angeles Chargers top 10 in offense, averaging 28, 29 points per game last season. I like that, especially for a team who only averaged 16 and a half points with Tim Kelly as your primary play caller over this past season. But Nick Casario, he's going to have to learn how to trust his head coaches. Absolutely. And keep in mind that Gannon is 39, Brian Flores is 40. There isn't a big age difference there, right? There is a big head coaching experience difference there mm. that maybe play a factor on whether or not, as you mentioned, Nick Serio wants a guy that he can fully trust and go out there and do his job without looking over his shoulder or, excuse me, micromanaging, or will he want to bring in somebody who doesn't have that experience to where he can kind of teeter things whichever way he wants to, and kind of be the puppet master of the show. I'm John Hickman of the Locked On Texans podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. You guys, you guys are doing a great job of subscribing to the Locked On Texans YouTube page. Keep that energy up. Comment as well. Like, subscribe, and you know, follow us. And follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.